Hello, and welcome to Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I'm Betty. I'm a flight attendant for a major airline, and I bring you stories from the airplane, from the pilots and the flight attendants, and from traveling around the world. This episode is called Wi-Fi, kind of like Wi-Fi, but it's a Wi-Fi. Um, it all started because this pilot told me a story about this ditzy flight attendant, and she told a story about why she decided to fly. And it was so funny, I thought, I'm going to start asking some other people, other flight attendants and pilots, why they decided to fly. And sure enough, <laughs> lots of good stories. And other good stories about just the, the hiring process with the airline. And um, I'm going to tell you why I decided to fly. And at the end of the episode, I met this really special, very inspirational passenger, and he shared a funny story with us. So let's get on with Why Fly. There was one of the, there were two flight attendants who'd come up to the cockpit. This was, of course, pre 9 11 and all. And the A line was doing, it was the A line and this other girl. And, and you know, the other girl was talking and was, well, let's just say, not probably not the, the sharpest crayon in the box. And we asked, the thing came up of, well, why do you want to become a flight attendant? She said, well, I became a flight attendant to meet Mel Gibson. <laughs> and it was like, huh? And he's, she said, oh, yes, uh, I'm just Mel Gibson's biggest fan. And, and uh, I, thought, I thought, you know, he's, he lives in Los Angeles. And I thought if I were a flight attendant that I'd fly in Los Angeles and I might meet him on the plane someday. And and uh, and in, in the A-line is sitting behind this gal and kind of looks up and, and rolls her eyes a little bit like, oh, so this is where all the, the, the dumb flight attendant stories come from. Okay, so this is the deal. My girlfriend comes, uh, I'm in college, I'm at Long Beach State, going to school and shows up in her cute little western outfit. And <clears throat> I never even thought about being a stewardess until I saw her little outfit. And of course, I was always, I was in the fashion industry, so I thought since she looked so cute, I wanted to wear that uniform. So she says, well, Pam, why don't you just go down because Western Airlines is hiring you know stewardesses and I said oh okay well I guess the worst thing they could do is say no so I get an appointment and I go down and I got really nervous because in the car you know you're supposed to wear nylons and get all dressed up well I'm always tan anyway but I had run my nylon so I had ripped those things off and I was afraid that they might notice that and of course that's going to be one mark against me but anyway at um, Western, it was kind of the over-the-counter type deal because you, they didn't take you into a room and personally interview you. So you go into this room and you sit there and they call your name. Well, I'm sitting there and I'm listening to this gal being interviewed. And so this fella says to her, so now we'll say her name is Susie. So now tell me, Susie, why do you want to be a stewardess for Western Airlines? And she says, well, now I tell you something. Ever since I was this high, 
All I've ever wanted to do is fly, fly, fly. And she's got her hand going like this up into the air. And I'm sitting on the outside listening to this, and I am busting up, like crunched over thinking, oh, my stars. And I'm looking at the interviewer thinking, what is he going to ask her next? Because I know the look on his face is, you know. So anyway, he gets rid of her pretty fast, and she goes out. And then the next person he calls in is when I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, you know, I'm so nervous. What am I going to say? So... You know, we do our little introductions, and he asked me a few questions, and then he says to me, Now, Pam, why do you want to be a stewardess for Western Airlines? And I looked him square in the eye, and I said, Well, now, I tell you, ever since I was this high, all I've ever wanted to do is to fly, fly, fly. And I did the same hand gestures that she did, and I looked at him, and I said, I'm so sorry, I said, but I was busting up out there. I could not believe she said that, and you you held your composure. And then he goes, I wanted to laugh so hard. And she, he goes, but I couldn't. He goes, here, honey, he goes, just take this envelope. You're already hired. <laughs> yeah. All I want to do is fly, fly, fly. So sad. Did he promise you the moon and the stars? Why did I become a flight attendant? Because I was a federal officer working in a prison for four and a half years, and I needed to get away. I needed to get a life. That is the honest to God truth. I needed to get out. I was in case management and counseling for four and a half years. And all I heard was stories. I didn't do this. I didn't do this. So actually, I was dating a flight attendant. And she said, why don't you come and fly for us? I thought she was talking about being a pilot. And that I would have to go back to school and learn everything. I decided, oh, no, I wasn't going to do this. She said, no, as a flight attendant, one day you're in Hawaii, the next day you're in Mexico. I had... A whole lot better in prison. I had gone to school for the last 18 years, you know. So um, I came down to Western, was hired right there. They didn't think I was going to last. Actually, I was only going to fly for uh, about a year max. I was only going to fly for about a year max. And now it's been 32 years. (laughs) Rather than a year. It's been 32 years. At least when I was hired, the airlines had certain height and weight requirements. I believe the weight requirements have changed, (laughs) being politically correct culture that we live in today. But the height requirements may still be in effect. I believe some of it had to do with being able to close the overhead bins and generally fitting in the airplane. So when I was hired, you had to be at least five feet two. And, you know, we have a lot of vertically challenged girls who who wanted to be flight attendants and they would come up with ingenious ways 
to increase their height. I flew with this one girl, cute as a button, just adorable. But I was thinking, how in the world did she get hired? She must be 4'11". So I asked her, I said, how, how tall are you? And she said, why? <laughs> I was just curious to see how she beat the system. And she said, oh, um, when she realized I wasn't trying to bust her, of course, I don't care how tall you are. She said, oh, when, when I was hired, I taped band-aids to the bottom of my feet because they're flesh-colored. Band-aid on top of band-aid on top of band-aid to get over two inches to make herself two inches taller. And then she had her pantyhose over top her feet, <laughs> the mounds of band-aids. And that's how she got hired at the airlines. I'm surprised they didn't notice that her feet looked a little strange. But you know, you have to give it to her. That's what you call thinking on your feet. Why did you become a flight I taught pre-K for four years at a Montessori school, and I decided I can't be around four- and five-year-olds for the rest of my life. And then I came here and started flying, and little did I know, it's the same mentality. Everything crosses over. Same structure, same timeout issues, same playing well with others, same mentality. So I, I just went and got bigger kids instead of little kids. So we're boarding the airplane uh, the other day, and I'm flying with a, a guy that I very much enjoy flying with. He's very funny, very quick-witted. This pilot got on, and we're busy setting up the first-class galley, and the pilot gets on, the captain, and he says, Hi, I'm Michelob. And I said, Did you just say your name is Michelob? Because I was thinking, that's a very weird name for a pilot. <laughs> He looks at me like I'm crazy, and he said, no, I didn't say that. I said, my name was Bob. I don't even know where I got Michelob, but I heard Michelob. <laughs> so then he goes into the cockpit, and he's getting his things ready, and then he comes back out to brief us. And this gentleman that I'm flying with, the, the male flight attendant, is a, a black flight attendant, and like I said, he's very quick-witted. So um, the pilot comes out, and he puts his hand out to shake his hand, and he says, uh, Hi, I'm Bob. And uh, the black guy goes, Hi, I'm Amstel. <laughs> and this pilot, not wanting to be politically incorrect because of, you know, <laughs> the whole Shaniqua, there can be some odd names in the black community. <laughs> he just froze. He's got his hand out there and he can't, he doesn't know if he should laugh, if he's joking because of the whole Michelob thing. <laughs> so. Then I started laughing, and then uh, this guy, the flight test, started laughing, and then the pilot realized that it was safe for him to laugh, <laughs> that his name really isn't Amstel. And so that we were all laughing so hard that I said to uh, my friend, the guy flight test, and I said, oh, on the next flight, when the pilot comes on, no matter what he says his name is, I'm going to say, did you say Michelob? <laughs> like a skit. So later on when he's... He introduces himself to the black guy. He can say again, hi, I'm Amstel. <laughs> it was a fun day at work. So why did you decide to become a flight attendant? Well, one day I was playing in a racquetball tournament, and one of my buddies that was there was a flight attendant for Western Airlines. Yeah. 
And he said, John, I think I have the job that you're going to love. I said, oh, yeah, what is that? He goes, being a flight attendant. I go, well, what the heck is a flight attendant? I didn't even know what a flight attendant was. He goes, you know, like a male steward on an airplane. I go, and I thought they only had stewardesses. I never even heard of a male flight attendant. He goes, well, you got to check this out. That's all. I said, well, tell me what the benefits of it all is. And he goes, you get to fly with a lot of ladies. I said, okay, I think I could do that. So I decided to go ahead and apply, and the next thing you know, I went down and applied, and the same day I applied, I got the job. But then when I got to training, I was very surprised because half of my training class were guys. I'm going, where are all the girls? You know, this is it, right? But most of the guys in my class were straight, which is very rare in my profession. So, but you did, So you decided to fly for the girls? The girls. <laughs> That's why I'm still here, too. asking other flight attendants and pilots why they decided to fly, what brought them to this industry, you know, basically why fly. But I can't really do a why fly episode unless I talk about why I decided to fly. And there were so many reasons, you know, I wanted to travel, of course, you know, I wanted to get out of the small town that I grew up in. But there was another sillier reason. When I was a teenager, my favorite television show was Star Trek, the original Star Trek. And uh, I just got a TiVo for Christmas, so I've been watching some of those original Star Trek episodes. And when you watch it now, granted, the effects, the sets are so cheesy, but you know what? Still, it holds up. It's still a fan-freaking-tastic television show. I mean, just the opening. You know, it's so silly, but if you really listen to it, you know, space, the final frontier to explore new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilization, to boldly go where no man has gone before. <laughs> it's, it's so good. I'm sorry. It's good. And it's the reason why I decided to fly. Granted, I don't go into space, but I do get to explore new worlds by traveling. It's the whole reason I like to travel is to explore worlds that are as different from mine as possible. Like when I went to Rapanui, Easter Island a few months ago. You know, that island was like the Lord of the Flies, for goodness sakes. Talking to those people were fascinating to go to Africa, to talk to the Maasai culture, to be out in the sand dunes in the Sahara Desert, to talk to those camel drivers who have never been out of the desert. You know, that is, for me, exploring new worlds, and it's the reason why I decided to fly. I also had a huge crush on Captain Kirk. <laughs> I mean, and, you know, he's so good looking. He was so in charge. He always did the right thing. And years later, when I was a flight attendant, I had him on one of my flights. And granted, he looks different now. He's more bloated. He's older. But, you know, Star Trek was on in the 60s, for goodness sakes. And he was nice to me and he smiled at me. And when he smiled at me, you know, I, I could still see some Captain Kirk in there. And it was fun for my fulfilling my teenage crush, you know, <laughs> just to talk to Captain Kirk. So I like to explore new worlds. And this time last year, I was chosen to go lobby Congress. My airline was dealing with a hostile takeover attempt from another airline. I didn't talk about it at the time, because I didn't want it to be too apparent what airline I work for. But it's been a year now. And I got this call from my airline. And I didn't answer the phone because I thought for sure I was in trouble about something, you know, about the podcast. <laughs> or, you know, do you have a rodent you've been letting loose on the plane? My little wind up mouse. 
But no, I wasn't in trouble. They chose me. They chose six flight attendants out of over 10,000. And I was chosen to go lobby Congress. I was very flattered and honored. But it was a strange thing. You know, I was going to the airport to go lobby Congress. And it was kind of like, Betty goes to Washington. (laughs) I ran into some of my friends and they're like, where are you going? And I'm like... I'm going to uh, lobby Congress. And they're like, what did you say? I'm like, I'm going to lobby Congress. (laughs) It just sounded like such a strange thing to be doing. You know, oh, yes, it's Tuesday. Of course, I'm going to lobby Congress. But, you know, I, I wanted to go because politics in Washington is a world unto itself. I could have chosen to go into politics, and that would have been my world. So I got to get a glimpse of it. We went to the different senators' offices. We had things we had to discuss. We had bullet points. You know, we had to state our case. We went to a congressional hearing. It was fascinating. And it was a great experience. And it's not international travel, but it's the same idea, exploring new worlds. Back to Star Trek, when I was a teenager watching that, it wasn't necessarily just the exploring new worlds that was so appealing to me, why I was so why I loved the show so much. It was it had a more idealistic aspect to it when I was watching that. Here's Captain Kirk, but everybody else on the bridge was of every race, creed, gender, color. I mean, you had Ohura, the black communications officer. There was nobody on television at that time in that kind of a position. And then you had, you know, Sulu, the gay guy, and Chekhov, and Scotty, and then you had Spock, the ultimate outsider, you know, no emotions and pointy ears, yet they all worked together. And I was hoping that that was the world that I was going to eventually live in. And we're not there yet, but I think we're getting closer. And it was part of the reason why I liked Star Trek and part of the reason why I decided to fly. So I was making fun of this ditzy flight attendant that said she wanted to fly because she wanted to meet Mel Gibson. And I thought, what a stupid reason to become a flight attendant. But I guess mine (laughs) was just about as silly. And I haven't met my Captain Kirk yet, but I'm still looking. Why did you start flying? To run away from home. Oh, that's a good answer. <laughs> <laughs> and it sounded very exciting, and that's how—that's really what it was. Yeah, Just it's a little bit the same thing. Maybe a lot of us ran away from home. Yeah, I wanted to get away from home. That's the most exciting thing to be a stewardess. Yeah. You know. I got to ask you one more question. The other thing is, uh, you know, like in Star Trek, it's like their five-year mission. It seems like every flight attendant was going to fly for two years. How long were you going to fly? Two years. But they told me at the time, if they had you for two years, they had you for five. If they had you for five, they had you for ten. And if they had you for ten, they had you for your career. And how long have you been flying? It'll be 40 years in October. (laughs) So I've been contemplating this idea of why fly? What drove people to fly? But then there's also another question of why continue to fly, why still fly? Because a lot of people, when they start a job as a flight attendant, it's funny, I could ask everyone, I'd get the same answer. Well, I thought I'd do it for a year. I thought I'd do it for two years. <laughs> and then people stay in it a lot longer. So why is that? Why Why still fly? And part of the reason for me is that I can meet really interesting people. And there was a man 
last night I was flying from L.A. to Orlando, an all-night flight, and a blind gentleman got on board. And later on in the flight, when most people were sleeping, he came back to talk. His name was Mike, and he travels by himself to foreign countries. People will say to me, oh, I'm so impressed you go to foreign countries by yourself as a woman. You know, I'd be so afraid. <laughs> well, my goodness, being a woman and traveling by yourself, that is absolutely nothing. Can you imagine being completely blind traveling in a foreign country? I really, honestly, was so impressed with this man and uh, his spirit and his independence and the kind of person he must be to be able to put himself in that situation. So he came back and he was nice enough to tell me a story. And uh, here's one of his stories. And this is why I still fly, because I can meet special people like Mike. Okay, so you have a story? Oh, I could tell you the story about traveling in Geneva. Okay. Or as the locals say, Geneva, right? So, you know, it's my first trip to Europe and... Oh, 40. I, I turned 40 and I said, oh my God, life is, uh, you know, now is now and it won't get any more now than now. So it's time to go. And um, I never traveled to Europe. And so... Did you mind me saying that you're blind? No, that's, okay. we have to weave that in the story. So, right. yes, I'm blind and, and it's like I never traveled in Europe, <clears throat> but I was used to, of course, traveling all over America. So I thought, hmm, I wonder if it's going to be different. So, I would think so. It's way different. <laughs> First of all, you know, there are no rules about sidewalks. You know, you could just have this magazine stand or anything on the sidewalk. So I had to get used to that constantly being an obstacle there. And then once I got used to that, it was normal. And, and you had the language barrier, too. I had the language barrier, but I do speak a little French, so I got by a little bit. And um, <clears throat> But one day, so I, got, I get tired of... I'm just exploring out, and but I'm sick of drinking like $10 Cokes in the hotel. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, there's got to be like a little store somewhere. So I leave the hotel, and I'm going down the sidewalk, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, I bet you it's on the corner, like the very good, very corner of the sidewalk. So I walk in to this place I thought was a corner. So I walk in, I listen, and I was like, well, I don't know if it's there or not. And this lady walks up to me and she says, Bonjour, monsieur. And I said, Bonjour, mademoiselle. And I said, Qu'est-ce um, que say in anglais? And she's like, We oui, oui, speak anglais. I said, Oh, good. I said, I'm looking uh, for some food and some drink. And she says, Oh, monsieur, we have some foods and there's drinks here. And I said, Oh, okay, good. I'd like some, um, I'd like some to take back with. Oh, monsieur. We have the food and the drinks and the girls will <laughs> and the girls will drink with you. <laughs> and then I said, I said uh, well, you know, that's nice. But I was just like thinking that I wanted food to take back to my hotel. Oh, Monsieur. The girls would take you back with the food and drink to your hotel. <laughs> I, said, I said, well, you know, I think I'll pass. <laughs> what a wonderful story. But, you know, 
know, you are really great. People are always saying, you know, I'm a, I can't believe you go to foreign countries by yourself. But, you know, you're really brave to go by yourself. Hey, if you wait on somebody, you're going to wait all your life. Isn't that the truth? <laughs> So I guess I really ex exposed myself as a geek in this episode with all the Star Trek, <laughs> all the Star Trek talk. But, um, you know, it's two days right now before Super Tuesday. And, you know, I was saying when I was a teenager watching Star Trek and I had this idealistic vision for the world to come where, you know, people would work together and it wouldn't matter, you know, what your gender, your, your, your race, your religion and uh, the fact that we have a black man, a Mormon, and a woman in the race for our president, you know, I think we're getting a lot closer to my little uh, teenage idealistic vision of the world. And now that makes me really happy. So that's about it for this episode of Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I hope you'll join me again next time so we can travel the world together. Thanks. Bye. I wanna fly with you